Daddy, did you talk to the principal? Did you save my life? Did you get me off? Did Daddy ever let you down before? Lots of times. And you won't be surprised at what Daddy has to say. Let's rock. Thanks, Dad. Can I get a woman? No Man presents, live from the nudie bar, the Married with Children podcast. And here are your hosts, Jerry, Justin, and Al. What's up, guys? It's the Married with Children podcast. We can't dance. Don't ask us. My name is Al. I am joined by the guy who might be a nerd, but at least he's not poor, Jerry. What's up, Jerry? I mean, I wouldn't consider myself rich, but uh, I'm definitely not poor. I didn't have to eat ramen this week. Well, there you go. See? I'm I'm always telling the truth. And the guy who actually, with uh, the $20 he's got, he'd be a king in Borneo, Justin. What's up, man? Damn it, what's the joke with that? <laughs> I know that one. It's just a random line. Okay, because he did. But he found out there's not something in Borneo. What was he found out $20 does not make you a king in Borneo. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. So he went and spent it <laughs> on socks. God damn it. It's always the obscure one-liner things. <laughs> yeah, these were super obscure, but I felt they were fitting for this type of thing. I think you just intentionally want to make me look dumb, so some of the... Some of you know, the shade goes away from Jerry from time to time. You ever wonder if Alex has like a betting pool going on, whether you'll know the quote or not, and then he's like stacking it in his favor? Yep. I'm like, I yes, totally yes, think that's yes, the case. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> They'll never know. They'll never know this one. Now, I don't – I try not to be obscure because the audience has to get it too to make them smirk. So if they don't, then they're just as bewildered as everybody on the show, so – and you know what, guys? It's December 20th, so this is sort of our Christmas show because next week, it's already going to be the 27th. Christmas will have come and gone. Guys, what's even more important is that this is our 50th show. It's like a Christmas present. <laughs> yeah, you get our big 50th show as your Christmas present. <laughs> um, yeah, we definitely should get into that uh, towards the end of the show. Because this is also the week, I believe, that we even, like, started cooking with this whole show. And we were looking for the right co-host. And I was putting feelers out there. So this was the week that this podcast came into conception, I believe. That's crazy. Yeah. So um, we'll hit up this review real quick. And then we'll get to that. Uh, Yeah. So, guys, this episode, Can't Dance, Don't Ask Me. It premiered March 18th, 1989. After Kelly gets in trouble at school, the only way to get out of punishment is if she joins a tap dance class. Okay, first, I, I gotta ask, did either one of y'all had tap dance classes in high school? No, sir. But I don't remember any dance in school, and there has to be, right? Uh, well, we, we definitely had, like, cheerleading. Yeah, we had cheerleading, but I don't remember dance. I mean, but I don't know. Maybe it's different in different places. Maybe dance is held higher. Are either one of y'all fans of, like, Fred Astaire? No. No? Okay. The the title of this episode is a reference to uh, I Won't Dance, which is performed by him and uh, 
Ginger Robber? Rogers? Who Ginger Rogers. that? Fred Astaire dancing, uh, singing in the rain. He's a fa- he was famous for musicals. Okay, yeah, I've heard of that person. I was, I, I have no I you know it's like some famous people you just never know what exactly they do, but you just keep hearing their names forever. But yeah, that's one of them. You, sh- you should at least know him from Singing in the Rain, even if you haven't seen the movie. You should at least know the like him hanging off the light post while it's raining. No. Like, here's the thing. Like, if you had a like hit a bunch of names with like what they did and have to like match it, I I might not know that. Wow, okay. isn't that weird? Yeah. Did you guys know that smoking could be good for you? You know, I saw that there were they were doing research over in uh, North Carolina about that. Yeah, I believe it was a man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there's hope. Share to wed 21-year-old alien. Well, good for her. <laughs> hey, hey, no, uh, good, I caught you on a break. <laughs> Two months ago, I bought 20 pair of socks. Now I got 20 swinging singles with only one complete pair. Holy shit, how did I never put that together? Yep. They gave it to you. They're literally, I don't know if I want to say it, but they give it to you right before the sock sings. They mention... I what? like they literally are like shared with 23 year old alien and then they talk about the socks and I don't put it together. And that's like one of my favorite episodes ever. Yeah, this is totally alien to me. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, yeah, what God. the hell are you talking about? Bro? Oh, you'll see it. It's in like season. What? Five. What season is that? Uh, I don't, I don't that know. happens. Oh, I love that episode. That's like my go to episode. Now, could his socks be like Justin? What do you think? Why do you think they're missing? Is it aliens? Is it Oprah? Geraldo. I still don't know what happened to my happens to my socks. Like, it's one of those things that's like, oh, like a like an age old like, you know, funny thing. Like, oh, socks always disappear and stuff. But like, I truly believe that like they do get lost somehow, and it's like, where the hell do they go? Like, they can't. They can only be in your bedroom, the bathroom, or the laundry room, right? Where could they be in between? Uh, I just I feel like if I ever took a dryer apart, like somehow inside the dryer would just be like socks, like just, just like, whoa, you know, whoa, why are you blaming the dryer? How do you know it's not the washer machine? Like that episode The whole sock thing in this episode is very weird. And I'm kind of mad because at, in my notes, I wrote down at the bottom. I'm like, they never really answered the socks things besides like the women looking at each other. And now I'm pissed because I'm like, now I know why they're gone. I just don't know why the women were looking at each other like they know. What, like what? What could be possibly accomplished by these women making their husbands lose their socks? Like, what could possibly be the benefit here? Yeah. What? What kind of deal do they have with the? You know. Oh right. Maybe they they supply fuel. So so maybe they get something in return. Yeah. What? Like I don't understand what they're doing. And why is it at this point, like, and it's almost kind of funny because the socks are like in different grades and Al's is like top grade. Yeah, I like how Al buys socks instead of getting like a package of white Hanes socks or whatever. He goes and gets designer socks for every single, like for. Did you notice that when they did, uh, when they looked at everyone's socks in the auditorium, everyone had like designer socks? Well, that's for the joke though. It is, but that's. That's why they're explaining it that out like it it works in with Al. 
Yeah, it doesn't work because how would you know you're missing the other sock? To 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 you, you just have less socks if they're all white. Maybe there is a chance that over at uh, what's that place called? Uh, Bob's prepare Bob's <laughs> pre-used socks and stuff. Maybe they don't. They can't resell the white ones, and they only resell the pack the the color ones because they hold up better. They show less stains. It's easier to resell them. And what would be the benefit to the women just taking one of the socks? Like, why leave the other one? Like, it's just and then that ar- ar- brings suspicion. People notice that one's gone. I mean, if you took both the socks, then nobody would know maybe, anything. Maybe it's easier to deal with the suspicions from the husbands than it is for the other ones and they're creating a false sense of supply and demand people are gonna think they're on an acid trip listening to this show so far only because we're not saying what we like only the people who like have seen that one episode late much later in the series are gonna know what the hell we're talking about oh so yin's are referencing some i was like i'm sitting here like what are they saying (laughs) what's funny is is me and alex have kind of talked about it on the show before but we always just stop right before we get to it but um we're trying to only go from where we are and then back with conversation. Yeah, that's fun. I like that because I – Okay. I'll stop but, mentioning it. Well, for this topic, guys, I'm going to do something I don't normally do. I'm going to jump ahead really quick, play a clip that transpires <clears throat> – I'd say midway through the episode and we got to talk about some things here because – the whole sock thing is kind of weird, so we should, you know, put it to bed earlier on in the episode so we don't talk about socks the whole time. How come Al has so many socks? Well, last night, after Al learned that a man with $20 is not a king in Borneo, <laughs> he went out to buy some socks at Bob's pre-owned socks and stuff. <laughs> he is on this weird sock quest, and he just won't believe that I don't lose them on purpose. <laughs> Does Steve blame you when his socks disappear? Oh, Steve never loses a sock. He pins them together before I wash them. (laughs) Okay, so before we even get to the socks, the Borneo joke. Okay, so first of all, Borneo is like a giant island in Southeast Asia. Why Al thought he would be a king or a rich or whatever really doesn't make any sense because the conversion rate for money is 20 of our dollars is like 17 of theirs. It's like 85 cents a dollar. So it it's just more absurdity that Al thought it would be anything. Like, what do you think it was going to be? You know, like, he thought 17 of their dollars is like, what, 3,000 of ours? Like, I don't know. So uh, <clears throat> that's pretty funny, though. So the socks thing, Peg right there says, in co- Marcy and her all are alone. There's no one listening in. Al's not home. No one's home. And in private... She says to Marcy, he thinks that I'm losing them on purpose, which makes the end joke make no sense whatsoever. And I'm going to point out then, because we have to save some sock thing for the end, but I'm going to point out something that Marcy says that also the ending, it's like a weird plot hole that they wrote in. I don't even understand. It doesn't make it any less funny. It's just that it's completely flawed. But anyway. Mom, Dad, big news at school today. All the guys losing their socks while the girls in home act giggle fiendishly? <laughs> Mom, big news at school today. The tap dancing club was doing a recital in the ghetto. Now, apparently, all the gangs banded together and attacked their bus. They couldn't figure out why, but it seems that someone spray-painted a slogan on the side of the bus that said, We may be nerds, but at least we're not poor. Ha, ha. 
<laughs> That's terrible. Who would do a mean thing like that? I'll give you a hint. She lives here, has white hair, and misspelled ha ha. Yeah, how do you misspell ha ha? Did she put H A W H A W? Now, how does she misspell ha ha, but she gets words like and least and poor and nerds and aren't aren't that's that's a contraction. Right. And may, you know, like and B, she didn't just write the letter B. So it's weird how she somehow misspelled ha ha, but nothing else. But nonetheless. Hi, everybody. Hi, Kelly. Anything interesting happened at school today? Oh, not to me. Well, good night. <laughs> Kelly! Oh, yeah. There was this one thing, though. There's this girl who looks just like me who got into a peck of trouble today. So if the principal calls and... Kelly almost has another <clears throat> he thought he could moment. Oh, yeah. Like, last time it was how she stole the bus. Yeah, if they say you they tied the bus driver up in the bathroom or whatever, it's not true. She almost had just as bad of a, a line here, but then knew to stop. She knew to, she was like, okay, I'm not doing this again. Yeah, let's just unplug the phone and play Yahtzee. <laughs> One thing about like that setup there, I don't know about you guys, but like I kind of get annoyed when Bud just straight up rats out his sister, like, over everything. Well, he only told them about the spray painting not coming in at 2 (laughs) a.m. All right. Yeah. Yeah, but, like, I just, like, if that was my little brother, I'd I'd literally, like, destroy him. Oh, dude, you have a long road ahead of you. (laughs) Whenever incidents like this happen and I'm like, come on, Bud, why are you cinching? I think back to when Kelly got her driver's license. And uh, ran over his skateboard. Car meet. Yeah, but there's like more tactical ways of like letting them find out than just straight up telling them. You don't like it that he found the report card taped accidentally under her bed? Yeah, or when she stole his money and bought VIP tickets instead of tickets for him and another chick. Yeah, what about that? For oozing meat. Bud might be a snitch, but... Kelly does way worse to him because we've seen in this episode, these shows, Kelly doesn't really get grounded that often for anything. Yeah. Look what she did the other day with tears and vomit. And I understand, like, he, he does have great comedic moments with it and stuff, but I'm just putting myself in, like, Kelly's perspective or, like, the older sibling's perspective where I'm like, you little, uh. You know, <laughs> I, I hear what you're saying, but. You should probably put yourself in the people in surrounding Kelly's life in that perspective, too. I mean, how would you feel if Kelly stole your husband? Hey, she stole chalk. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, right. <laughs> I don't know how I came up with that. But you're right. She does kind of do some things that are, that are pretty jacked up. Yeah, dude, the soup girl is crazy. I don't know why you're talking about her. Like, she's such a nice slut. I mean, oh, my God. Did I just call her that or she called herself that? She called herself that. Oh, right. Man, I knew I was a good guy. There's this guy. He is a god. The janitor at our school. (laughs) So obviously all the girls want him. Okay, I'm with you. I'm with you. (laughs) All right, so I've been playing it cool. You know, a little smile, a little wink, a little, hey, Bruno, look at this. (laughs) He's on the hook and I'm just about to land him. 
He thinks I'm cool, but if he sees me wearing these horseshoes, he's going to go for some other slut. <laughs> so Kelly stole a husband of a principal. That is insane. Here's my question, though. We see this principal later on. Yeah, she's like 55 or 60, so... Yeah, and back then, a lot of times the guys would be, you know, up to five years older than the woman they married. Right. So, how old was he? And, like, why? <laughs> why? Kelly, why? Your choice in, in men is weird. Like, I get it when it's a teenage boy named Dweeb who does not respect life because it means nothing to him. But, yeah, and then the janitor? A janitor? It, remind, it reminds me of that scene in a scary movie where uh, the one chick's talking shit on the other one. She's just like, she hooked up with a backup dancer. She don't respect herself. Well, J-Lo did that. Well, yeah, but J-Lo hooked up with her own backup dancer. <laughs> oh, it's okay. It's different than when you're hooking up with a backup dancer to try to get backstage. Like, uh, backup dancer can't get you anywhere. I wish I could hook up with J-Lo. Wait, does that mean that video is not real? Oh yeah! Oh, that was real. I don't. I was kidding. I, uh, again, did, I, did you hear me say again? I must have cut out. Huh? I guess. I guess it did cut out. Huh? It's, it is pretty loud in this jiggly room right now. Yeah, I want to relive the magic. That's all. <laughs> well, what's she gonna do to you? I have to join the tap club with the nerds and the geeks. Nerds, dips, feebs, and geeks. <laughs> Either tap or I'm out of school. What would you do, mom? I quit school. Way to go, Supermom. I can't quit school. I need school. It's like my office. I check in, I get my messages, I go to lunch. I close a couple of deals and I go home. I mean, if I'm out on the streets, I'm just another flop house toy. No girl repellent. I need school. I belong there. Where she closes a couple of deals and then goes home. Now, uh, she's not a drug dealer from what I have been taking out of this. So, I hope Bud's insinuations are not correct. Well, I do want to say that the school is my office metaphor she does is actually really clever. Yeah. And I was kind of like, y'all let this come out of Kelly's mouth? It's where she can get a hot meal. Did you guys, were you like more on Kelly's level or were you more like a bud in your life? I thought school was really, really important until after 10th grade, I got like upheaved and moved to back to, from South Carolina back to Alabama. And then I just was like completely, I'm done. Screw this. I stopped going. I hated it. If I would have stayed in South Carolina, I probably would have like made something with myself instead of doing the Married Children podcast. Well, (laughs) hey, listen, it worked out for us. Until we get rid of you in a season or two. Yeah, exactly. I I never took school overly serious, but I would always get like A's and B's until about 10th grade. And then all of a sudden, and I used to miss like, a, uh, I think like 80 days a year, sometimes 100 <laughs> days a year towards those late years. Um, and that's, yeah, I'm not even joking. Like, Wasn't there only 80 that you went to that in, in the school year? Yeah, it, yeah. Like, so I would miss 100 days. I'd go 80. So I'd miss like Monday, Wednesday, and Friday typically. Um, so I go Tuesday and Thursday. I honestly blame a lot to do with the teachers. Like I think they didn't inspire a lot of them. Some, some there were like two teachers that were like really good. But it's funny you say that because one of my my social studies teacher inspired me to walk around with a flask. 
(laughs) (laughs) So I did get some inspiration, but uh, that got out of control and I had to wind that down. It's funny, we're all saying this, but I was thrown out of high school after ninth grade. I might have hinted to this on some episode or whatever, but I basically went to the high school from the movie Lean On Me from 10th grade on because uh, the school's the other schools in the neighborhood wouldn't uh, take me anymore. So I guess you could say that's where I also sort of fell off the uh, track. So, yeah, that's interesting. So, yeah, I I guess I was more of a Kelly Bundy in high school with a hint of Bud. Like you, I didn't need that much. um... It's where I'm cool. It's where I'm important. It's where I can get a hot meal. (laughs) (laughs) But if I tap, I'll be branded as an ortho. Did you guys, do you ever, it's just weird. The married children, sometimes they say insults and stuff like that and things that I don't ever hear in my normal life. Do you guys ever hear anybody being called an ortho? I always thought that was like a dentist or something. Didn't she already call someone an ortho in an earlier episode and we looked it up? Didn't she call like Marcy an ortho? I don't remember. I don't remember. Was she a dentist? Did we find that out or no? Oh, hold up. So somebody has braces? <laughs> oh, God, my brain hurts. Somebody help me. <laughs> okay, look. Kelly, what you did was wrong. It was funny, though. <laughs> but wrong, uh, I guess. Look, there's two things that Bundys don't do. We don't eat vegetables and we don't tap. <laughs> so take one more tap class. And uh, tomorrow, I'll get up, paint one of my ankles, go to work, and then after that, I'll see your principal. Thanks, Daddy. Then I'll go to the airport. Then I'll go to Borneo. <laughs> Where I'll be known as that great white guana with no socks. Like, literally, Kelly is getting such support from her parents in the most screwed up way. Peg's telling her, I would just quit high school. So she's not even saying, well, Kelly, you have to do this. It's part of your thing. You know, Al isn't saying, you know, you have to learn your lesson here. He's saying... No, this is not happening. Like, what do you think of that? In the most deranged way, Al and Peg are sort of being really supportive parents. Did you guys find that, like, the dichotomy of the whole situation to be unsettling? I don't really expect anything different from them. So it didn't, like, it didn't seem weird or anything to me. It seemed completely normal. Yeah, because they do that all the time where they, like, put up this small, tiny tiny front at the very beginning like the first sentence they say and then as soon as they're done with that sentence they go right back to to not caring all right well jerry now you're very you're very inspired not from your teachers in high school but from steve are you going to start pinning your socks together hey he's the only one with (laughs) socks so he's (laughs) he's he's got this down but what's weird about it is even though he seemingly has it down because he pins his socks, Marcy still gave the secret nod to all the women in the auditorium as if she is doing her part in this whole – this conspiracy. I didn't see her do a nod. I guess I oh, missed yeah. that. Yeah. She's part of it. Also, ortho means straight, upright, right, or correct. So calling them ortho saying basically they're a goody two-shoes. Mm. Okay. That works. I think, like, dance kids and tap kids and band kids, I guess in high school, I always thought they were odd for being so involved. Like, why are you wasting your time with 
being involved with things. Like, I never understood that. I mean, that sounds crazy, right? I sound like a total, like, degenerate. It makes sense to you now, though, doesn't it? Should I have done that stuff? Um, no, no, no. Just just wasting four or five hours of your week <laughs> a, a hobby um, that doesn't get you anything. Right. I, <laughs> I, I, I am familiar on some level, yes. <laughs> but, um, so, like, you, you guys didn't do any, like, extracurricular activity type oh, shit? Oh, God. All right, y'all are going to make fun of me. I'm going to go ahead and do it. Oh, God. So, my school had, my high school, Dutch Fork High School in Ooh. Columbia, South, well, Irmo, South Carolina, we had a dork club where we would go what? after school and play Magic the Gathering and D&D and talk anime and other super nerdy things and it was we also it was sponsored by one of the teachers who also was able to get to school to let him do a science fiction and fantasy class which yes I did take and uh, at one point me and another classmate for one project wrote a song about uh the H.G. Wells the Time Machine Wait, when does Jefferson come on the show? Uh, how many more episodes? Do you know exactly? Okay. How many months is that for our lives, doing one show a week? And then this guy doesn't have to be here, right? Okay. Oh, really? Wow, man. that's That sounds really cool. Super cool, Jay. Jeez. Yeah. I don't want to be like those stupid guys who, you know, were... Like doing football and working out. Lame. <laughs> Kelly's principal is making her take tap dancing. Oh, how wonderful. I took tap and could tell you when I was growing up. Isn't it fun? Fun? The whole class is geeks and dweebs. Really? When I took tap, there were no geeks or dweebs in my class. And the way Peg and Kelly look at her. Oh, God. It reminds me of the, I don't know if y'all have ever seen the movie Rounders, but it reminds me of there when they're like, if you don't see the sucker at the table, you're the sucker. <laughs> Peg is called, was called the Big Easy in high school. <laughs> oh, man. Daddy, did you talk to the principal? Did you save my life? Did you get me off? Did Daddy ever let you down before? Lots of times. And you won't be surprised at what Daddy has to say to you. <laughs> I went into Mrs. Wicker's office and had it out with her man to man. I forgot how much she hated me. Peg, she remembered you too. She called you the Big Easy. Well, we get into it. I called her Big Nose. She called me One Sock. And uh, well, the upshot is, the upshot is, I'm not allowed within a hundred yards of the school until the night of your dance recital. I don't have to do a dance recital. You do now. Yeah, the, his whole look, his delivery, like. Ed O'Neill is some kind of comedic genius or something. Like, I don't even understand. I feel like if I was given these lines, I would just make the show so bland and generic. And and this guy comes out there and just knows exactly how yeah. to bring everything to life. Alex, if, so, if, they, if you were on a show and they set you down and they said, okay, this is the line you have to say and you got to sell it. Right. Boy, I'm hungry. What do we got in the fridge? A milk carton with a tree growing out of it. Well, chop it down, cook it up. 
And Alex, you have to respond with, well, chop it down and cook it up. Do y'all think y'all could deliver those lines? Oh, yeah. As no. good as them or just you could say them? I think I could sell it enough that nobody would see it as a glaring problem on the show. I know I couldn't say it for shit. I saw oh, yeah, acting. we've heard your acting. Well, Don thought his acting was really good about the, um, I don't know, it's yours. Oh, yeah. I yeah. remember that. <laughs> Damn it. So, okay, Justin, say to me, um, well, I'm going to say, is there anything for for dinner or something? And you could say, there's a tree growing out of a milk carton. And what is the exact line? Well, chop it down and cook it up. Okay, go ahead, Justin. Uh, hey, uh, Justin is, I feel like we're like a, a gay couple or something. <laughs> was this you the are. Odd couple? Yeah. Justin, is there anything for dinner tonight? Just a milk carton with a tree growing out of it. No, chop it down and cook it up. That was terrible. <laughs> it's so mad. Hey, listen, that's why we do the podcast, not the show. <laughs> JB just like falls like right in the middle of. <laughs> listen, that's why we're on this end of things. We, uh, we need more rehearsal time, guys. Yeah, they got to study. Yeah, that's true. I didn't even get to look at the script. Where's the damn script? Well, Jerry's just trying to avoid the next thing we're going to because he's looking at his notes too. No, I'm fine with tap dancing. Oh, you're fine with that? Really? Yeah. Huh. He has a hobby. Oh, really? Yeah. This is is the the tap dancing. It's better than guys who dress up up in tights and try to throw each other to the ground. Is it? Yeah, because you know what? In tap dancing, most of the time they're tap dancing with women. Not other guys in tights. <laughs> uh, so Steve could not look any worse with that towel wrapped around his neck, number one. That almost ranks up there with the hat. Like, I don't know which is a scarier image. Technical foul. Uh, flag on the play, whatever you call it. We agreed not to bring up the thing. Yeah, but... You brought up the thing. You'll bring it up the thing. But this is on that level. Like, when I look at Steve here, I'm almost maybe more embarrassed. It is what because he's wearing a towel because he's getting sweaty because he's showing a young girl how to tap dance. Oh, maybe you're right. Wow, she was. I'm just saying he he at minimum touched her hands. I wonder if he still thinks about that. Have you ever touched Kelly Bundy's hands? If I did, I'd still be thinking about it. Okay, then nowhere near as that one thing. Nowhere near as bad as the one thing. Well, before we continue to to destroy him. Uh, how does Bud know the song Anything Goes? Like, first he knows Moon River. Like, is this guy just sifting through his parents' vinyl collection all day? You know, you know what? We know what Kelly does with her with her available time. We don't really know what Bud does. Well, we're getting drips and drabs, and I'm actually wondering about him at this point. He looks at uh, nudie magazines. Apparently you know while that? listening to old vinyls. <laughs> He's kind of classy. Except for the mullet. See, your problem is you're not tuned into the true spirit of tap and what tap can do for you. Now, tap can be your friend, you know, on those lonely nights when the cool kids don't invite you to their parties. <laughs> when everybody else is out having fun, but you're home studying, trying to make something of yourself so that someday you can own the best car in the neighborhood. <laughs> those mornings when you look in a mirror and you see a guy who's pretty darn good looking but shunned because of his intelligence but they'll be sorry someday because everybody needs a car or a home loan and that's when they come crawling on their bellies to me so i guess steve steve the school's pet peeve is worth something after all so crawl crawl you paupers and kiss my uh, 
What? Steve. <laughs> oh. Anyhow, the point is, Taft builds character. Now, Jerry, are you trying to get your revenge on the world? I get it, man. I, I understand being a, a, a pretty good-looking guy that gets shunned because of his intelligence. I got where he was coming from completely. I uh, I understood uh, him in this episode, and that speech, that speech brought a tear to my eye. I am better for having heard it. I I was uh, not Mr. Popular either, but I wouldn't say I was a reject or anything. Um, well, okay. Did you ever get like, okay, one, did you get any form of bullying done to you? That wasn't your friends just making fun of you, but you got like legit bullying done to you. Uh, well, it's more due to the this high school I, I was forced to go to after I was thrown out of the one. And that was just because it was a bad neighborhood. And back then... And it's a high school for people who have been thrown out of high schools? Uh, dude, it was like almost going to jail. It was... So imagine trying to, to, to go through Gen Pop and try to, like, get out of there unscathed. It's... I think I would have done fine in that school because they would have looked at me and be like, don't, don't fuck with that kid. He will shoot all of us up. <laughs> Probably. Uh, I did have that look, but no, nobody really thought I would. But I will. I mean, I can <laughs> Okay, so um, Steve played the accordion. And later on, we're going to hear how sports and the band, that's where the real men were, right, Al? So that does come back. But now when that happens, we know that Steve played an accordion. I'm just going to say two words to jog your memory, Jim Jupiter. You'll know what I mean. There's a new set yet again. We have Kelly's Auditorium, I guess. <clears throat> there's a stage. There's seats. Not too many, but there are seats. Probably the same amount of extras that there were in Pokai. And uh, so it's the whole auditorium, and now they're doing the recital. For a normal recital, there are a little bit more people, but not that many more people, but probably another 50%, maybe. And so the... The first guy who walks off the stage is a total geek, and his name is Newberger, and he doesn't swallow. I don't know who who obtained that information, but he spits in Al's face through his trumpet, I guess, when he was playing a trumpet. Even though he walked off stage, I didn't see a trumpet in his hand. What do you do? Like, I think, yeah, I think you called a goof. I think you called them, <laughs> them slipping. Yeah. Like, how does that make sense? Is that list? Hold on, I'm about to see if that's listed on her goofs. <laughs> yeah, like where the hell was his trumpet? Yeah. So, Alex, you might want to go back and watch that. You might have caught a goof that's never been caught. There is a goof in this episode. We are goof catchers. Yes. Who are you guys really surprised? Who goes more in depth on this show than we do? I, even the people watch who do goofs on IMDb, they probably watch the episode. Ooh, ooh, I noticed something. They run over to IMDb. They got their account ready and they insert that. Yeah, there, there's none. You, you got there. There's a goof, but on IMDb, there's none. What a bunch of clowns you inserters are! God, you'll never be at our level. <laughs> I, I swear. I'm using that as a disc from now on. Shut up, you inserter. <laughs> the the inserters over at Wikipedia are the worst. <laughs> um, Al compliments Miss uh, Principal Wicker and telling her that she looks less ugly today. Yeah, he's not even trying. Like, <laughs> I'm I'm sitting here like, you know what? I think he really is about this uh, Bundy credo they said earlier, where if one of us feels embarrassed, the rest of us feel better about ourselves. I think he's like trying to make it. 
Well, he does not care about his daughter's future at this point. He just wants to see it crash so he can feel better about himself. Yeah, he's not helping. The the women, like we said, at this point, they're doing the hide the socks thing. You know, they're giving each other the look. I never, I can't say I had a sock problem, but I definitely am missing a few zip-up hoodies and some t-shirts. But I never had the sock epidemic, thank God. I, then again, I wouldn't know. I only wear white socks in the winter and fall and all that and black socks in the summer if I'm wearing uh, shorts. Wait, why do you, why, can you explain that? Like, what's the difference? Well, uh, I have sneakers where, like, I wear the same thing. I'm I'm almost like a TV character in that way, like uh, a Simpson or something where I wear the same thing every day, but it, it only pertains to sneakers. I only wear uh, the Nike Air Force 8082s for when I wear jeans, the white sneakers. And I only wear a pair of white sneakers with a a black Nike stripe on it in the summer. So the black socks look really good with those. Okay. I was was curious. I thought it was like something important, like it was a weather thing or something. Oh, no, no. It just goes good with that. So Bruno couldn't look grosser. I mean, I'm a guy, and I really shouldn't be judging guys. Because whenever you do that, people go, oh, well, who's a good-looking guy? Uh, I can name tons of good-looking dudes. Steve? Yeah, like me. <laughs> not like you. Uh, I'm not... I mean, I've got bad eyesight, but not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, he is just the creepiest, grossest-looking guy. I mean... The hair, the 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 guinea, the black guinea tea, the pants, the mop. If someone would have came up to me and been like, "Hey, it's Cobra," I would have been like, "Yeah, that makes sense, Kelly." Like this definitely kind of looks like the kind of sleaze, especially if you compare it to that episode where uh, her and that dude were gonna go get t- matching tattoos, and he looks so normal. Com- Brian. Yeah, compared to like all the others we see, but I'm still just like a janitor. Like, when has a janitor ever been cool in a school ever? Like, when the Domino's pizza driver truck guy left. Uh, I guess that's true. But yeah, I just thought that was weird. And then, and then I was, then he was like, that violates my parole. And I'm like, okay, then shouldn't Kelly not be into you because you don't want to break the rules? Like, I understand, like, no, he's been to jail, man. He's cooler than you. I'm sure, I'm sure he learned to dance in jail. Mm <laughs> hmm. Because you definitely had to get taught to do what he did. Yeah. Um, were you jealous of his hair, just to be honest? No, I'm not into to the long ponytail pullback thing a thing. You look, it looks like he put too much grease in his hair. This isn't the 1950s. <laughs> well, uh, Justin's happy because Kelly and Bud have a moment. It's cool when they're talking and Kelly... The reason this is cool, I hate to be so introspective or whatever, or like so real about this, because this is a comedy, but the reason it's cool when Kelly and Bud interact and Kelly talks to Bud the way she does is because you don't know this, or maybe you do, but nobody thinks about this. There are people in your life or our lives who talk at us and not to us. Because they don't think we're on their level. They just think they're superior for whatever reason that you're inexperienced. and whatever. Like if you get a new job, you usually get talked at and stuff. And people, then you could see them walk over to their coworkers who they've 
started the job with and been with for 20 years, and they talked to them. And you could tell there's a different kind of thing going on. Now, when Kelly and Bud talk, Kelly doesn't talk at Bud. When they have these moments, she talks to Bud as if he's really an equal and he's not on the outside looking in. They have this bond that is a true brother and sister bond that you really can't pinpoint or put your finger on, but it's there and it's so natural that we don't ever think of it. And that's what you've always been getting and that's what you like about this, but you don't know why. And that's the reason. When they have these moments, they talk to each other and they're both on the same page and there's that kinship and that closeness. Even when like Kelly's embracing at that point, so she goes from that to even embracing her whole family by saying, you know, it's just like, you know, uh, I don't know if she says dad always said or whatever, but if you're going to lose, lose big because I think that's what dad always does. I think she says even Bud saying, I hate you, but you're my sister. There's such like uh, an instant roller coaster of thought right there really quick. But the thing that you're supposed to hang on is the part where he says, but you're my sister. So there's that thing that we all like because, you know, we love like the well, except for Justin, when Bud tells on Kelly and all that kind of chaos that goes on. Otherwise, there wouldn't be anything here to watch. But when the smoke clears, we, we'd like to believe that there is something here, which we're all a part of them and us. And, and that's what is really conveyed in such simple, stupid, simplistic comedy, which is, is really all you're watching. So that's what that's the, that's the connection that we all have. Um, so it's cool they do that. Kelly has this idea. She threatens a girl about uh, her hair. Hey, do you want your hair? Do you want to keep your hair? Yeah, like I like how Kelly's so threatening that the girl just does. She's just totally submissive. Okay, well, what do I do to keep it? She's next, Bundy. <laughs> Come on, Wicker. You're not really gonna make my daughter go through with this, are you? Think back to when you were a little girl, roaming the range with the rest of the buffaloes. <laughs> Scratching yourself up against the tree. <laughs> Trembling to the sound of the iron horse. She dances or she's expelled. <clears throat> no charm in her pig. God. And the fact that Mrs. Uh, Principal Wicker actually listens to this verbal abuse from Al and yet nothing changes on on the prospect that Kelly is out of this horrible situation as long as she dances like wouldn't you say you know what we're done I don't care if Kelly dances better than Fred Astaire or whatever you said before she's out of here because everything you've been saying to me no she dismisses all these insults from Al and still is just everything rides on Kelly's performance. <laughs> like, how crazy is that? Wouldn't you think that some straw would break the camel's back at this point? Well, I was actually thinking the whole time trying to figure out, like, is what the principal's, is what the principal doing okay? Is she allowed to basically <laughs> force a stu- give a student an ultimatum, join the tap club or you're expelled over what you did... It's time for no man to take a little break in the jiggly room. I'm the DJ, and I'm gonna play a little bit of music that was on this week's episode of Marry with Children. In the olden days, a 
next act, please, please remember, we need you to contribute to our fund for a new tap club bus. <laughs> and now I hope you'll welcome our final act, Miss Kelly Bundy. Where's the top hat? Where's the cane? Can you guys appreciate this at all? Like, except for looking at Kelly's legs and stuff, other than that, is there anything you're getting out of watching this dancing performance? I mean, I can recognize that there there's skill involved, but I'm pretty much just looking at Kelly. Okay. I wonder, I wish my wife was here so she could tell me if that was good dancing. I assume it was at least mediocre dancing. Wasn't Kelly, didn't she do Dancing with the Stars? Yeah, she was She was on Dancing with the Stars. Listen, do you know what podcast I'm on? You don't think I know that? Wait, do you watch Dancing with the Stars? No. So she's a good dancer, huh? Huh. That's interesting. So, yeah, you know, it's weird. A lot of actors and actresses are good actors, singers, and dancers a lot. Like, they, they do the whole... Like, I remember when I went to acting school for, like, uh, two years... And they made me sing. And I was like, guys, I, I must be in the wrong place. Because <laughs> I, I know I'm, I'm the lead guy from Tears and Vomit. But all of our audience heard two weeks ago how bad that was. So you really <laughs> don't want to hear me singing. I'm just here to pretend I'm somebody else. So the audience gets completely aroused by looking at this, men and women. And it seems mostly women. Why? I guess you could just say it was a seductive dance, I suppose. I don't think it was very... It wasn't like dirty dancing or anything. But, uh, well, maybe it was. I just don't recognize it. But it's good that Al and Peg were not turned on because that would imply they that their daughter turned them on. <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of really a great decision, right? Yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> The weirdest thing happens now, now. This principal wicker gets totally turned on, even though Kelly stole her husband, uh, and Kelly's fifty percent of what's turning her on, and she comes on to Al. So that must mean that she put up with Al's stuff because she had an underlying, you know, attraction to him and she kind of liked the abuse or something. And then she does this. Now, 
I don't know why, but my mind is really foggy. How far does this go, and how far does Al let it go, and what do you think transpired? Because I feel like she sort of, like, crawled her hand on top of him, and then it just cut away. That's what I feel like happened. And then the next thing, you come back, and it seems like they just went through a whole something I missed. Well, I mean, we know she bit her, bit her neck, and what I'm assuming is everyone just had, like, a makeout session. It wasn't, like, anything, like, more hardcore than that. But she definitely, definitely bit his neck. And he allowed this. That's that's crazy. So, uh, Bruno, for a guy who, like, literally was just asked to come over on stage without having any preparation, I mean, Jesus, the guy is an amazing improver. I mean, he, he hit every <laughs> every single beat the right way. Tony, he learned it in jail. <laughs> he even knew when to end the song. I mean, it's amazing, this guy. Hey, I just I just found out though. Uh, there's a a movie called Claudine's Return, where Christina Applegate plays a uh, maid slash laundress and a stripper in a small coastal town in Georgia. Nice. We have to uh, review that movie on our Patreon. Yeah, that uh, clearly for research, you know, into how good of a dancer she is. Oh, absolutely. And guys, join uh, our Patreon because we finally. The Marrow Children Podcast finally has content on Patreon. I know a lot of you were holding out. I know you were dying to to join and to throw a couple bucks so we have money at the nudie bar to put on that fishing line. And But the thing is, you were probably the, – the crossroads you guys were all standing at was, well, why am I going to do that? There's really nothing there. We actually now have a commentary. We did a commentary of – he thought he could. It was a great time, real fun stuff. We we uh, it's December, so we are going to do a commentary of the Christmas episode that we already uh, reviewed. You better watch out. We do a full uh, video commentary. Watch that episode along with us. All right. Well, before we get to the ratings. Let's get to, uh, you know, some of the cast and trivia and stuff like that. So, obviously, the trivia is that Newberger didn't have a trumpet uh, with him when he walked off stage. That's trivia that I discovered. Well, that would be a goof, not trivia. Right. So, let's get to the cast. Now, Principal Wicker... Is she somebody who is famous? I mean, honestly, like, I would say she did pretty well. Like, she had 83 credits. Uh, she was in stuff like a few horror films that we know of, directed by Stuart Gordon, which is Reanimator. Wow. And uh, From Beyond. Um, she didn't have huge roles in those movies. She was also in a movie called Killer Bud, which I only assume is about killer marijuana wait in reanimator was she the the she was the old fat lady that was naked oh god she was naked too <laughs> yes everyone everyone who comes on <laughs> mary jones was naked but like i'm right right she was the big fat lady that was naked she was the swiss woman doctor thank god hopefully that's not what you're talking about i want to say there was a big fat lady naked in that movie I think there probably was. It's so funny you pointed out Killer Bud. Do you know who's in that movie? Uh, David Fustinio. Yeah. No, 
Please don't say, dude, you're on this show. You, I'm so sorry, dude. You're going to have to say this right. Okay, ready? I just, took, I literally took a guess. Like, I actually didn't know he was in that. Uh, <laughs> Harris is also in that movie. I have Killer Bud. For some reason, I bought that movie because I like, you know, Bud Bundy. And there's another girl that we like, Danielle Harris. Yeah. D.H. D.H. So, yeah, um, it was okay. Yeah, but let's get back to Bunny Summers. She was born on February 23rd, 1924. So, after saying that, I'm sure you could guess she is not alive anymore. She died on September 9th, 2010. Oh, Bruno, Jesse Barago. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he did um, actually quite a lot of stuff. Really surprisingly, actually, considering you know what he was in the show um but the first thing that i noticed that he was in was con air and uh after like i know he did dexter which um he had like a, a decent sized role in dexter uh, he did 24 had a bunch of uh, episodes of 24 you know he was in from dust till dawn the series as well as fear the walking dead where he has uh four episodes of fear the walking dead so <laughs> That's pretty impressive, you know, for from coming from the janitor on Married with Children to having like, you know, a, a highly successful television career. No Ma'am will be right back to wrap up this week's review. Be sure to join their Facebook group page for all the podcast news and updates. Just type in www.facebook.com slash groups slash Married with Children podcast. Be sure to subscribe to them on iTunes and please leave a review telling them what you think of the show. To subscribe to their YouTube channel, just go to channels and search up Married with Children podcast. You can email them at marriedwchildrenpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for checking out this review. Now the guys are going to give their final thoughts and ratings of this week's episode. Join all that stuff. Guys, just a heads up. Um, our Facebook situation has changed recently. So we had two Facebook pages, but we've reduced it to the one Facebook group page because that's the one where you could be more interactive with us. We could like your post. We could talk back to you, all that kind of stuff. And the other page we had was more of like... Um, it was like straight promotion while this one's more like of a community. Yeah. Like that one, uh, what you post will never be seen by anybody on the old one. So we decided to eliminate that and just have the one where if you post something on it, it'll show up to everybody in the group and stuff like that. And everybody could talk back and we could talk and all that stuff. Yeah. It's a lot better. Facebook group pages are the way to go for stuff like this. So if you were a member of our other Facebook uh, page type in your phone or computer married with children podcast and see if you're still a part of it if you're not that means you have to join our group page all right so definitely do that guys do not be uh, lost in the shuffle now it's time to rate this episode can't dance don't ask me how many missing socks out of five are you giving this episode justin this episode I got to be honest, like, I didn't overly care for this episode. I thought it was kind of bland, honestly. Uh, I didn't think it was overly that funny. There wasn't a whole lot of jokes at all. I really didn't like the tap dance setup, and I honestly thought Kelly's 
dance thing was kind of dumb. Um, <laughs> coming in at 2.5 out of 5 on this one. Ooh. It strikes again. Yeah, they. you would think that if, if they're going to showcase, you would imagine that the conversation was like, Hey, Christina, so the guys were thinking of a dancing episode. Do you dance? Oh, yeah, I, I could do a few steps. Okay, now if we have somebody train you for a week or two, do you think you could, like, uh, do a whole thing here? I, I feel like you've had conversations using Christina Applegate's voice before. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, dude, I'm trying to live through her in any way I can. Like, like I feel like you've done this before. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Uh, okay, so if we're going to do this, this has to be great, right? It's not going to be just some blah, whatever, and we're going to sell the joke more than your dance, so don't worry about it kind of thing. And here it's like, no, we're the joke's more important. You know, the people getting turned on and falling below the seats is, is really the crux of this whole this whole thing that we're building up to is that insanely funny. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm talking like I'm doing my review. Uh, so I'm sorry. So what is your overall thought here? Uh, I honestly didn't think it was overly funny. Like I, I mentioned, uh, I thought that the setup was kind of weak. I thought that the payoff was actually really weak. Like I didn't really even get like, like to me, it just doesn't make sense how that dance is like an aphrodisiac for the women in the audience. Like it, I didn't really I, like they're turned on by Kelly or like, how does, cause it's like the women, is it, is it the women? It's like the women that are mostly like the way you'd have to assume. Cause even Steve was like more concerned with the fact that Kelly's not wearing the top hat, not doing it. And then Marcy just says, just, just mount me, you dummy or whatever. <laughs> And then, you know, so he, and then he's he's totally and he's like, OK, fine. Yeah. Yeah. But but yeah, it's it seemed to affect the women. I just think that this episode was like a step below in like all the avenues that we usually champion for a married with children episode. Yeah. I mean, the biggest punch was them getting up off the floor, I guess. Right. Yeah. I mean, I did like the socks stuff. Probably my favorite line in the whole whole thing was like about Steve pinning his socks together and as solid of a line as it is that shouldn't be your funniest moment wow interesting okay wow we got struck again guys the 2.5 reared its ugly head yet again (laughs) jerry how many missing socks out of five are you giving can't dance don't ask me i'm actually going with 3.5 i honestly think this episode was funnier than i thought it would be Um, I feel like you constantly have funny things going on, but this is one of those episodes where it might, where like it can easily miss your humor. Like for me, me being a Steve fan, I love the Steve scenes, but I could see how for other people, they would actually be like, this is not funny. A hundred percent. That is that, that part is just not that funny. They just don't care. But I, I, I think the whole episode is actually really funny the uh jp is right though the episode is a little sloppy it's kind of a mess throughout the whole thing um which is why it's not hitting a four and i give it it's an average episode that i give a 0.54 because of kelly and steve pulling off the dancing that they pull off right like we don't we like we point out how like good kelly's was steve went all steve can really tap dance like he was, he was putting in work. 
Like so, yeah, tap dancing still sucks though. So it, I, I'm not saying tap dancing is is amazing, but I have to give it up to someone who can do something like that that I can't. Like yeah, that's I, still I like a talent, and I'm sure it's done him well in the acting scene. Like uh, Amanda has told us, he went to go back to do stage productions. Yeah, it couldn't hurt. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I, it's for me, it's a, it's an average episode. There's nothing I don't like, but it is a little sloppy. There are some jokes that really are not gonna hit unless that's just your type of humor. But I give it that extra point five as a like, here's an appreciation to the actors for what they were able to do. You know, this episode I was not looking forward to it. I'd have to say that I have mostly skipped this. 95 or 98 percent of the time i've ever put this dvd in and that other five percent is he just fast forwards to kelly's dancing scene (laughs) well i do the only reason i remember even watching this is because that opening thing smoking could be good for you i remember about two three years ago i like took a picture of that and posted it online on facebook or whatever so i do know i've watched this just based on that joke alone i don't know my expectations were so low that when everything, when it kept, the episode kept progressing with Kelly, what she wrote on the school bus. I forgot about that joke. That was good. The misspelling, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, everything about it's good. The fact that she sent them into that area like that. I just, why did she do that? She she could care less. And it's, it's all about, well, good luck, losers. Have fun going into the ghetto with that written on there. I can't wait to see how that goes. You know, like, she, dude, as a teenager, man, I got to say, I didn't think all that, that much through. And we know Kelly ain't thinking most things That's a through. little mean-spirited towards the people that live there, huh? Dude, it was all about her setting them up. I don't think she even cared about the actual feelings of the people in the ghetto. <laughs> you know, like, and I'm not saying that means it's okay, but I, I just don't think that she cared. You know, everything, the the socks thing, that that worked for me. wasn't amazing, but it, it was it filled an episode. It and, will be amazing soon. But it filled, for now, it filled an episode. It was fine. And the women nodding to each other as if they're all in on something that we don't know about and we never will. And that's the difference between men and women, I guess. <laughs> you know, one of the mysteries of women. Al's interactions with the principal, that those were all like super strong to me. Bud's stuff, ratting on his sister, I did like, and um, I liked him being involved with the whole thing backstage. Uh, Steve, it was just Steve being a nerd, and that's it just reaffirms the idea that he's not Al. You know, he has his moments, and Al is, you know, he's he's getting alified as this goes on, but he's not Al, and this just reassures us of that. So we get to like the end with the whole dance thing. Um, is that funny? Yeah, it's no, it's, no, it's not. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 a joke. I wasn't laughing. Uh, yeah, I didn't feel like the greatest. Like, ta da! Wow, that was worth watching. This. No, I didn't feel that. So I'm gonna give this a. I'm gonna go between the two of you, and. Yeah. <laughs> and say it's a three out of five missing socks. It's just an episode. I most likely will not watch it again. I think that's really what my two point fives come down to. Where not only do will I not watch it again, but I'll actually go out of my way to to not watch this episode. 
Like, I can never see a reason why I'd want to come back to this episode. That's kind of where I'm coming at on this one. Yeah, guys. So, wow, 50 shows we've done. Like, that's that's a big thing. You know, a 50th show is is huge. Most podcasts don't even ever get there. You do know that. Like, if you looked at every podcast that ever started on the planet, uh, the amount that gets to 50 shows is probably, like, 12%. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty insane to think that, you know, weekly we're approaching a f- one full year with, you know, f- I guess 52. We're about to celebrate another thing, which is, you know, you know 50, 52 weeks would be one year. And like I was telling you guys off air one night that I was telling Mike what episode we were on and he was like blown away. You know what I mean? He's like, what? 50 or, you know, it was like 40 something at the time. But uh, it, time flies, you know, it's just, I think a lot of people who necessarily don't listen to this show, but know, like we do it from our other things, uh, have probably not realized how long we've been doing it and how many episodes we've actually done. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. And you look back on these episodes, you go through the list of every episode we recorded, the two season wrap ups, the Terry Ricolta and you know just oh don't forget the Marcy interview that was the biggest thing I think that was like show 23 it's yeah like I said this show was being conceived right around now because you know I heard Jerry's Married with Children review on his Halloween special on his horror podcast he reviewed the one where Peg was the Grim Reaper and the YMCA and uh I don't know I guess after I got done hearing that and I knew I just knew that I needed a different outlet than the horror podcast I was on. And I guess it's weird because I didn't put the two together like, hey, he did that. I bet you that could go into a whole show on its own. I didn't say that in my own mind, but somehow it was just there. And I said, huh, I think a Mary with Children podcast has to happen. Like I said, I made an announcement. I'm looking for co-hosts and stuff. Jerry contacted me right away. He said, hey, listen, you know, I got the experience. <laughs> I'm the only one who's ever done one. <laughs> and yeah, I was then, like, literally, here, I, here's my audition tape. It's a full episode. Yeah, that's pretty crazy because you're probably the only person out there who's done that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially since of the weird concept of it anyway, doing our Christmas show for Kill the Cast is doing Halloween sitcom episodes. Right. Yeah, you did Rose. Did you do the famous Roseanne with the guy walking through the house, or did you do like a different one? We did the one, yeah, where the, the guy's walking through their haunted house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did that one, and then we did an episode of uh, Martin. Oh, okay. Me and Justin got talking. We talked about that funny story, how that happened, and here he is. And it's it's amazing. Like I I never would have thought that week we'd be talking. Like wow, can you believe we did fifty shows? Doing a weekly podcast is a lot harder than doing anything else. And you could say, oh, it's it's easier. You guys just have to do one episode. But you see, it lasts an hour. and mm. Oh, it lasts way longer than your initial concept, right? Like you thought we were going to be doing 20, 20, 30-minute recordings. Yeah, I thought they'd all be 30 minutes, yeah. <laughs> and and then I, when I conceived this show, I never thought of putting all these clips. I guess I just did that on the first episode to like punch it up like wow here's their big first show and and to get people kind of into it and then i guess i felt that after i did that i was like well what am i gonna do have nothing on the next one and then i I just kind of got trapped in this world of like high production tons of clips Mm -hmm. 
you know, I don't know. It, it's one of those things where, like, you really think about how it all came together, like some butterfly effect type stuff. Because even if you, you know, obviously there's the story with me how I didn't even, I was just like offering to send in a clip to you. And, and you know, we've told that story where you took it the wrong way, but it ended up working out uh, for, the, for the better. But even if you go back further than that, if I hadn't done 31, that review that Dave actually asked me to be part of what you guys and actually recorded with you at one point it might not even ever have clicked in your mind to because we wouldn't have had any previous history or like chemistry or anything you know what i mean so like that's even another thing that that you could kind of look at where like all the you know dominoes fell in place well that was a big part of it believe it or not i don't know if i really ever told you that i don't know if you just kind of guessed it or what but like when i was thinking of the people on this show that I felt the person I had the best chemistry with that I never really worked with was you. We just kept going, and me and him were talking like we've been doing this for years, and this is the first time we're ever doing a show. So like, you were a no-brainer when, when you contacted me, and I, I'm i glad I took it the wrong way. I mean, like, Yeah. Now... <laughs> <laughs> the first, you know, recording or... or whatever you know I, I felt like it went i was a little out of my own man at first but you know what i mean like oh, we all i think were, that yeah. it, i think that it that it by, i literally by show two like i felt comfortable you know mm-hmm. what i mean and by six or five whichever one was um have you driven a ford lately yeah that is where it was like okay this is gonna work out you know that was the obvious show where it was like okay we have nothing to worry about this will go well and from there, man, it's gotten... I, I feel like it just keeps getting better. I mean, not every episode can top the last one we did. But I just feel like things just keep evolving better. We're all learning more. We're becoming uh, just in tune with it all a lot better. The whole concept, reviewing a, a TV sitcom comedy from the 80s and 90s. Like, like we don't do that. That's not really our thing. So, 50th show... Thanks for uh, listening to the first 49 and this one. So, guys, tune in next week for our review of a three-job, no-income family. When Peggy gets a job selling cosmetics and brings home more money than Al, he gets a second job to regain his self-respect.